If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where are you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere, around the country, around the state, wherever you're listening, who are having a day like I'm having. It has been such a fun Friday so far, boys and girls, and we welcome you to Datitude, episode number 81 for a Friday, July the 29th, 2022, I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times-Picayune, the advocate at bet.nola.com, and oh my God, what a morning. I know, I know that's why you listen, because you can't wait to hear what I'm going to bitch about next. I mean, that's how we usually spend the first... Three, four minutes, right? I mean, usually it's about the weather. And it's hot. Okay? But the heat takes a backseat today. I mean, when you talk about everything that could go wrong in a morning, go wrong. Oh, yeah. One of those days. So I'm about to, uh, the reason why we're late today. So by the time you listen to this, it's not going to be morning. I can't say hello and welcome on a Friday morning. Because although I'm recording this late on a Friday morning, by the time you're listening to it, it's Friday afternoon. Blah, blah, blah. Get on with it, Derry. So I'm about to record like I do every Friday morning. And as I'm sitting down at the computer, the power goes out for the third time in a month. Thank you, Mr. Electric Company. I'm not going to say your name on the air here because I'm going to be nice to go with all the construction that's going on in my neighborhood, laying fiber cable lines or fiber lines, whatever you want to call them. AT&T did a great job, by the way. They came in and did their thing, got AT&T, we're good. Another company, again, who I'm not going to name, came in, and I'm telling you, and then the main street that I live off of, they're doing construction on both both ends of the street, makes it almost impossible to get in and out of the neighborhood. And I know those people had something to do with my power going out this morning. I'm not happy. But this is going to be a happy, happy, joy, joy show. Gosh darn it. We're going to talk about the Saints in training camp. Oh, and then there was a water moccasin in the backyard that I almost stepped on. Oh, good stuff. Right before an important virtual meeting, bet.nola.com is partnering up with some other papers, and um, we're starting to do all kinds of stuff here. It's exciting. So at least that's fun. At least that's exciting. In fact, talking about exciting, Jeff Duncan is going to be our guest this morning. He's going to come on, and not only are we going to talk about the Saints and what's going on at training camp, but he's got a, we have a nice little announcement coming up in about three four minutes because... I just don't have an enemy to be super pleasant. 
I, I mean, it is what it is. So if you want to fast forward for it, no, I'm just kidding. I'm over it. I'm over it. I, I, let's talk about the Saints. You've heard enough. I mean, I've now bitched for a little over three minutes. I, it's, it's out of my system. I'm good. I just want people to share in my misery. You know when you have those kinds of... Usually this, this kind of stuff happens on a Monday. But it's on a Friday, leading into the weekend. Although we're doing so much work right now, which is a good thing, um, that I don't have a lot of days off anyway. So every day is, is the same right now. Uh, how are you guys doing on this wonderful Friday morning? You had issues like me, or is it going smoothly? I hope it's going smoothly for you. I know people are excited about the Saints, and the number one story right now with training camp is the fact that number 13 was on the field. You know, since I'm in this mood, I just want to say to all you haters and cynics out there, oh, we paid all this money for Mike Thomas. What a bum. He's terrible. They should have traded him. Blah, 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 blah. Let's see what, uh, what happens this year. I wonder all the people, it's like everything else in the world. All the people that are hating on him and can't stand him. If he catches 100 passes for 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns, nobody's going to remember how much they hated him. It'll be fine. And let me tell you, Again, we're going to get into it with Duncan in just a minute, but this dude's got a chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove anybody that's – because, look, a lot of players say they don't read social media and read the press or whatever. There are 88% of them, I can tell you from experience, are full of malarkey, horse hockey, because they do. And don't think Mike Thomas hasn't seen every single negative tweet written about him the past year and a half. He has, and he is ready to prove the naysayers wrong. Dude, if you're hurt, you're hurt. I mean, I wish he would have been a little bit more straightforward with Sean Payton before last season, and I wish he would have got the surgery done. Would it have made a difference? Who knows? But every man's got to do what's best for his own career because that's where we are right now. Remember your beloved Drew Brees about, what, seven years ago? Talking contract, wouldn't sign, then signed and took, took up over one-fifth of the entire salary cap for the Saints. Look, I was, you know, as against him then about it, about that situation as I could be. But you know what? At some point you realize every man's got to do what's best for every man. I mean, loyalty does play in at times, and sometimes you got to do what's best for yourself. No one held that against Drew, and I can't say no one, but very few people held that against Drew Brees and the fact that the Saints went 7-9 for three straight seasons. It is what it is. If you think that that, it wasn't a holdout, but those contract uh, negotiations and what he ended up signing for and the Saints, in their defense, had to do whatever it took, they thought, to get Drew Brees back in the building. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this isn't that much different with Mike Thomas. He was looking out for himself. Whoever advised him told him that it was best not to have the surgery, and it ended up costing him an entire season. And we know the season before he was banged up and didn't play, but I think six or seven games. So it is what it is. And, again, if he comes back and is the Mike Thomas of old, or 80%, 85% of the Mike Thomas of old, Think about what this receiving core is going to be. 
it's going to be fantastic. We talk about that. We're going to talk about Jameis Winston, uh, how he looks, how he's coming along, the Alvin Kamara situation. I mean, I think the longer this drags out, I mean, the good news is that there's an excellent chance that his pending suspension won't happen until after the season's over. We'll have to wait and see when the court date is and when they set a, a trial date, there's going to be a settlement. And the settlement's probably going to come. They're probably going to try to set a court date for after the season. If they do, that's great news for Saints fans. It's also bad news because, and you worry about later, later. Um, but comes after the season, he'll be suspended for six to eight games at the start of the 2023 season, and you worry about that then. But the Saints running back situation is not a good one right now, and they cannot afford to, to not have Alvin Kamara on the field. We're going to get into all that in just a few minutes as well. I um, want to give a little shout-out. Um, good friend of mine and um, loyal, dedicated listener to Datitude. We talk about loyalty. Hey, I'm a reward loyalty. My good friend Trey Fulce, I hadn't seen him in a while. Um, Hadn't really talked to him in a while except via text. We say hello to each other about once a month or so via text or once every few weeks. And it was good to sit down and have lunch with him. And, uh, you know, he is one of, one of probably 2.5 listeners out there who listen religiously every week. And uh, we thank him for that. And uh, we thank you. If you're a regular listener, I kid about the 2.5. We're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty well with, uh, with, with the podcast that's moving along. In a case you're just stumbling along this podcast and you want more of me bitching about things every Friday and once football season three starts three times a week, then, hey, search for Datitude wherever you find your podcast. It'll come up all the major places, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever. It's, it's there. And, you know, have fun with it. Maybe you feel like I do. Maybe sometimes things just suck. It is what it is. Let's move on to our guest and Jeff Duncan. And um, love having Dunk on on a Friday. And I especially love having him on this Friday, not only because he's been at training camp and has observed what's going on and has, you know, wrote a great column, I thought, about Mike Thomas and his hunger and desire and pride and all that stuff and a little chip on his shoulder. But, uh, you know, just his general thoughts about that and all the things that we've talked about leading in to this interview. Um, and then, of course, we're going to start with our big announcement. So let's get to it. Welcoming into the Datitude podcast on this Friday morning, our friend Jeff Duncan, columnist for the Times Picayune, the advocate, and sometimes here on bet.nola.com. And uh, before we get started with the Saints, Dunk, we have some, I have some exciting news I want to share with our Listeners, viewers, all those good things. Uh, you know, you and I have been talking about doing some different things for football season. And, uh, you know, we're about to go back to our three-day-a-week schedule beginning uh, just before football season. And, uh, you know, you and I have decided to team up. You're going to be my regular Friday guest. We're going to do a live show on Fridays during football season. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and take this podcast to a new level. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we've talked about it uh, most of the offseason, trying to figure out a good day. And I think Friday's perfect because it'll give us a chance to look ahead to the game on the weekend, 
And usually that's about the time everybody's in a good mood, JD, because everybody's that's right. Friday, man, we're looking for the weekend, so uh, it's gonna be fun. That's right. Even if they lost the week before, everyone will be excited because all eyes will be on the week that is coming. Yeah, and look, I, you know, Saints fans don't need a lot of encouraging to start their weekend <laughs> early. So most people will be uh, tuning into our podcast probably already uh, mid mid weekend into their. Uh, Parting plans. There's no doubt. And also, you know, we're going to try to have some surprises, some fun surprises along the way. We'll have different segments. Uh, I'm asking around if anyone has any ideas for, for segments, feel free to send them my way or Dunk's way. I am jderry at theadvocate.com. Dunk is jduncan at theadvocate.com. Uh, we're looking forward to it. We're gonna, I know we're going to have an Ask Dunk section, uh, session. That'll be because this is going to be live on uh, the NOAA.com Facebook page, NOAA.com YouTube page, as well as my own. Facebook and YouTube page, and maybe even on Twitter. So we'll be monitoring those things during live podcast. Again, we're going to be going live uh, the Friday, maybe the Friday before the season starts, which I think it's September the 2nd. Uh, so we'll be looking forward to that. All right, Dunk, let's get into training camp. <clears throat> it has started. So to me, it's really football season now. I mean, once you start training camp, it is football season. I know you have been out there at camp. It is nice and hot for you. Um, these guys are getting their feet wet, and Dennis Allen is trying to figure out how to be a head coach again. Yeah, and I would say that, you know, the first week, because of the new uh, collective bargaining agreement restrictions imposed by the, not only the league, but the League Players Association, uh, it's kind of glorified walkthroughs right now. I mean, there's not a whole lot going on. Uh, I was sitting with Deuce McAllister practice today, and uh, he was <laughs> lamenting when he played compared to what the players are going through now. So, so some parts of the game are hard to really make good evaluations on. And Dennis Allen talked about that. He said, you know, let's not, let's kind of cool our jets on the pass rushers, the running game, because that really all requires full pads, full contact. And we're not even close to that right now. With that being said, Dunk, you got to be happy. Saints fans have to be happy they're just back on the field. Yeah, and no, and, and I think some of the key players, Jim, that have been coming off injuries, I can't remember a season where more key players are coming off off-season surgeries or uh, serious injuries. There's always going to be that aspect of an off-season because of the nature of the game, but this team – especially on offense, almost every key player seems like they're coming off of some kind of key injury. Uh, so I think in that regard, seeing the players move around, seeing the bounce in their step, uh, the quick cuts, the explosiveness, that stuff you can uh, get a good gauge on during this first week of workouts. And obviously the big news this week, um, the fact that Michael Thomas is just back at practice and seeing number 13 out there and, you know, I read your column. He's not doing a whole lot to get started, but the fact that he's out there has got to be great news for Saints fans. Yeah, I mean, he's such a key part of their offense, uh, you know, and he's been missing for, you know, a year and a half, uh, mostly for two years. Uh, you lose your number one wideout, a guy like that who really affects everything else in the offense. I was talking to Pete Carmichael today about it. I mean, there's a domino effect when you have a guy like Mike Thomas out there. All of a sudden, each Receiver has to move up a role uh, in the rotation, and it just has a, a cumulative effect. So uh, he's a difference maker, 
And he looks like he's got the eye of the tiger, you know, the Mamba mentality that is what's made him such a great player. Uh, he's carrying that into practice so far. And that has a contagious effect. When you have a guy out there that practices as hard as Mike Thomas, uh, it sets the tone for the rest of the receiving core for sure. So I'm looking forward to Monday when they go to pads, seeing him because his game, Jim, is all physicality. You know, he's not a burner. Uh, he's all about busting DBs at, at the jam and at the point of contact. And uh, this team does that as well as anybody with Marshawn Lattimore and Paulson Adebo and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. So that's going to be some fun stuff to watch on Monday. One thing I love about what I read in your column, and it sounds to me, you know, you talk about when he was drafted, he was pretty ticked off that he wasn't the first receiver chosen. He had something to prove. I think he's coming back with just reading through the lines here. I mean, coming back with a chip on his shoulder. He's like, you know what? I can do a lot more than you. You know, I know he's going to turn 30 next March, but uh, he's got a lot to prove. He's got a lot in the tank. And I think all these fans that have been kind of dissing on him, he's, he's going to have something to show them and the rest of the league. Yeah, well, I mean, he kind of talked a little bit about it uh, in his press conference where, uh, you know, he's seen guys like Cooper Cup come, in, come into the game and seen his record fall. And uh, he's seen uh, other receivers get these all pro nods and, He's a very prideful guy. I think a very confident guy. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. He, he definitely has an edge to him. And, you know, he's got, they got to take him slow. I mean, he knows the offense. They don't need to rush him back. That's a serious injury he came off of. Uh, but I do think having a healthy, hungry Mike Thomas is going to have a huge effect on the rest of the offense uh, because they haven't had it basically for two years. And, you know, we kind of talked about it on the uh, Bayou Bet Show yesterday. On one of the we have our first bet.nola.com boost on Caesars Sportsbook, and it's Michael Thomas to be the comeback player of the year at plus fifteen hundred, meaning fifteen to one. I think that's an excellent number. With the way that he's going to come back and fight, I, I don't see why that's not a a really good bet to to make and play at fifteen to one. Because if he comes back and he's the Michael Thomas, even if he's 85% of the Michael Thomas of old, he has an excellent chance to win that that mark. Yeah, I think a lot of that will come down to how well Jameis Winston plays, right? But I do think you're right. That's a very good bet. I, I, somebody told me the – we're getting on the betting angle here, obviously, but somebody told me his over-under receiving yards was like 800. Does that sound right to you? Or I have not looked that up, but I certainly will as soon as we get off this low. show. Seems that, low to me. That's really low. Coming off, I mean, that's like 60 yards a game or something like that. So uh, I would definitely take the over on that. Uh, just the way he's looked the last couple of days is, you know, there's, there's a, a purpose to the way he's carrying himself, uh, you know, and you can see uh, he's champing at the bit to get, to get back into the game. You know, the only thing I do think there will be games where, and there'll be times sort of like almost like a pitcher in baseball where, you don't want to overwork him too much. So maybe if something gets sore and early on, you know, you get, you know how long the long haul of this football season goes. There are definitely going to be times where they say, you know what, let's maybe not play him this week or use a, use a reason, you know, it's something swelling up or whatever. Maybe he only plays 14, 15 games, which still, even if, if that happens, you're right, though, that, that's still a great number that he goes over that. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get 800 yards. I mean, that would – the only thing I think that would, that would uh, you know, make that happen is 
if he gets hurt, you know, and that's always a possibility. But this is a guy that before this injury was pretty darn durable, and uh, he's a tough dude. And uh, you know he's going to want to play as much as he can because he's coming off this injury. And uh, he's like, like I said, he's he's motivated. There's there's incentive for him right now to try and reestablish himself at the top of the receiving position in the NFL. We've already talked this offseason about the ceiling for this team, and that I think I think we all think they're being overlooked by the, the sports books. We I think you and I both agree that. The numbers are, are great bets for them to have a return. But really, if you look at it, though, they there are cer- certainly tons of question marks that we're going to find out, I think, the first couple weeks of this, this training camp. Not just about Michael Thomas, but I am re- so interested to find about out where Jameis Winston is in his recovery. You can't see that, I think, until they get pads on. And, and even though he's going to wear the red jersey, so he's not going to get hit or anything. But I think you'll be able to see how he's moving. That this, to me, this first, next week, which is to me the first real week of training camp, I think you're going to find out a lot about some of the big question marks that this team has, and including the offensive line and some of the injuries that this team has had and, and where they're going from here. Yeah, I'd, I'd say this, Jim. Uh, you know, Jameis looks good physically. Uh, you know, he's got a great attitude. Uh, he's putting in the work. Uh, I, I really believe we won't know about Jameis Winston till till the season starts and people start game planning against him and throwing the kitchen sink at him. And to me, that's where we need to see Jameis Winston take the next step. Uh, he can make every throw. When you see him out there in those seven-on-seven drills, the skeleton drills, that's not the question. I mean, there's, he was the number one pick in the draft because he's got the physical skill set. I think the questions are, you know, can he process quickly? Can he go – to the right place with the ball. And I know, look, I know his numbers last year were good, 14 to three, everybody keeps bringing that up, but it's a little misleading. And I, and I say that, you know, if you watch, go back and watch some of his games, uh, I think he had two interceptions called back for penalties that were pretty shaky penalties on you know, roughing the passer. He had one jump ball that he threw against the Patriots that uh, I thought Sean Payton was gonna, you know, throw his clipboard down, you know, it was, it was a, a miraculous touchdown. He threw a Hail Mary for a touchdown. Uh, he threw a bunch of, of like, you know, red zone, uh, third and one fullback dive fakes where the, the tight end is wide open in the flat. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from him, but I think there's still a lot more to be proven by Jameis Winston. And I think the coaching staff feels that way too. Uh, so I, I just, I, I'm trying to, be a little more cautious before I jump wholeheartedly on his bandwagon as I think there's still questions about him. Well, there's definitely going to be question marks. And obviously Saints fans have question marks about him too. But going into this training camp, just the, the first few days that you've been out there, what what have you seen? Is there anything that struck you, whether it be a player, a coach, or just an overall thing? Is there anything that that, that jumps out at you? Well, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about this all year, but, I mean, I think this defense, obviously, is the strength of the team. It's the most proven. It's the most talented part of this team. Uh, we haven't seen Tyran Matthew yet. He's going to probably be back out Monday, I hear, uh, rejoining the team. But there's really no weak spots on the defensive unit. We don't see Marcus Davenport yet. He's working his way back off the pup list. But he's a difference maker as well. Uh, I just – I think it has the – 
the chance to be, uh, you know, up there with the Dome Patrol units, you know, that dominant and can carry this team to where you don't have to be Drew Brees if you're Jameis Winston. You just have to be Ryan Tannehill. And I think he can certainly do that. And this team can win double-digit games with this defense because their defensive line, once they get Davenport out there, uh, man, they're, they're impressive. They're deep. They're talented. Uh, there's guys like Taco Charlton was a first-round draft pick. I mean, he might not even make the team. You know, that, that's how yeah. talented they are. Uh, so I think – and Peyton Turner's come on. Again, they're cautioning, and I think rightfully so, wait till they get the pads on. But right now he looks very healthy and looks like a guy that's ready to take the next step. The transition for Dennis Allen, you know, going from a coordinator, obviously he still wants to have his finger on that defense. How tough do you think that's going to be for him to, you know, when, when you've been a coordinator as long as he has, and granted, obviously he has the, the head coaching experience. But when you've been a coordinator, especially in one place, you're going into that dome, you're used to doing a certain thing, you're used to doing a certain routine. How tough do you think it's going to be for him to adjust to, to you know, obviously this new role in a, in a higher position? I don't think it's going to be that tough at all. I mean, he had a little bit of a trial, uh, you know, last year when he coached him for the the Bucks week when, when Sean Payton was out with COVID. He's been a head coach before. Uh, you know, I talked to Pete Carmichael today about his adjustment. It, you know, he's kind of done some of it before too. So I think really it's, a pretty simple transition for this team and Dennis Allen. I think the just some of the small nuanced things of, you know, when he goes forward on fourth and one or fourth and two, is is he going to be more of an analytics guy or gut feel the way Peyton was? I think those things will play themselves out. Uh, but just stepping into that role, uh, he's already there. And he's got the respect of the team. I think he already had it from half of the team with the defense. Uh, but I think there's just an – inherent respect that he's, uh, you know, engendered because of the way the defense is played. They know the formula for success that the Saints have, and he's just applying what Sean Payton is, has been applying here for the last decade and a half. It's not going to be a lot different, I don't think. You talk about Pete Carmichael. I mean, he obviously a big adjustment for him, and uh, I don't know that any of us know how big of a role he played as in his role as OC, obviously, Sean Payton was the man when it came to the offense. But uh, how, how do you see Pete Carmichael adjusting? And obviously, it's going to be different for him. You know, we we talk about how great Dennis Allen did in that Tampa Bay game. They went nine to nothing, but Pete Carmichael, the Saints only scored nine points in that game. So I mean, you can't judge off of one game. But uh, what's the biggest difference for him? Well, he, he talked about it today, and, and my column this weekend is going to be a little bit about how the offense is going to look. And, uh, you know, spoiler alert, it's not going to look really any different. Uh, it's going to look just like it's looked the last, you know, decade and a half with some obvious tweaks here and there for personnel. But uh, this is the Saints offense. This is what it is. It's the system he's been in the entire time. He learned under Sean Payton. It's going to look a lot like Sean Payton. Uh, ran it, but there'll be some changes to adjust to Jameis Winston's strengths and uh, the new receivers, Landry and Olave. Uh, there'll be some tweaks on routes that uh, you know enhance their skill sets. But I don't think to the to the general fan or reporter, you're going to notice a whole lot of difference. But for Pete, he said the main difference for him, and it's not much, is just going to be, you know, everything's a collaborative effort with that uh, coaching staff. It was with Sean Payton. It's going to be that way with Pete. So there's there's input from all the offensive coaches into the game plan. 
But then it gets down to whittling it down uh, on the Saturday before Sunday game. And he said, usually what will happen is you get down to like five plays you want to run and third and six to 10, five plays you got that you want to run and, uh, you know, third and, and short. And he said, that's when Sean would kind of come in and basically pick the two he liked best of those five that the whole staff had come uh, kind of collaborated on. That'll be him now making those two plays instead of uh, Sean. That's really the biggest difference he said he thinks uh, in the role because he was so involved uh, before this. What about the rookies as we go in? And obviously the, the two big ones, Olave and Penning, are the ones we want to look at uh, on, on the offensive side of the ball. We got a couple on the defensive side of the ball. But what are you going to be looking for over the next couple of weeks from those guys and maybe to see what kind of impact they have. I'm really interested. I know a lot of people talk about Chris Olave, but to me, Trevor Penning is the most interesting one because to me, he's going to have to jump in, start right away and, and make a big impact right from the get go. And I remember how Teron Armstead sort of as, as an, the guy became an all pro, but he struggled a little bit when he first started. Yeah. I mean, people forget he, he wasn't starting as a rookie. I think he took over only after, uh, you know, Chris, uh, was his name? Charles Brown. Charles Brown, yeah. Had the, I, had the famous, I, I've seen enough, you know, line from Sean Payton against the Rams where he gave up so many sacks. And uh, mid-season they went with Armstead and he, uh, the rest was history. But Pinning is right now running second team because they're obviously seniority as James Hurst starting left tackle. Now maybe they start flip-flopping that as it goes. But right now he's running with the twos. I agree with you. I think it's going to be his – job to lose. I'll be shocked if he's not the starter. Uh, what I'm looking for with him is once they put the pads on, just how quickly he gets in a fight. Cause I, I think it's going to be pretty quick. Uh, the way he plays, you know, you got an edge to him. He's very physical. He plays through the whistle. And uh, I can already tell like once the dog days of camp start wearing on people, uh, they're going to have short tempers and short fuses. And I guarantee you, he gets into some kind of altercation with the defensive lineman. It's going right. to All right, Doug, we're going to have a short podcast today because I know uh, you got a lot going on, and I'm in the middle of NFL previews, and, and people are getting fired up, but we don't want to give them everything at one time. But give us a uh, – what do you think maybe is a storyline that's going to come out next week? Like I said, I, I'm always interested in this first week of camp because to me, you know, you talk about fights and things. I, I, that usually happens like the second – Second week when it gets hot and they start realizing where they are and they're aggravated. But to me, that that first full week is is kind of an exciting time because you you see some things that you haven't seen or whatever. You, you, all the new things they start coming out. You know, what's the storyline going to be next week? Well, once they start, you know, going to full pads, you watch the running game. Uh, you know, I think that's an important part of this team. I wrote about it last weekend. They've got to improve there. I mean, they were mid-pack and near the bottom of the league and yards per carry. I know they had some offensive line injuries, but they brought in Malcolm Brown, I think, to compete with Mark Ingram, give them some insurance in case Alvin Kamara uh, is lost for some time to suspension. So I want to watch those backs. Uh, in particular, Mark Ingram coming off of knee scope uh, in this offseason at age 32. What's he got left? Uh, what's Malcolm Brown going to bring in there? I mean, I think it's still a, a, a position that they aren't 100% comfortable with. So the running game will be something I'll watch, and then the pass rush. And then in particular, you mentioned Chris Olave. The knock on him coming out of Ohio State 
is, uh, you know, he's not a physical player. He's a little guy. He's a slight guy. Can he handle the, the, the jam press coverage at the line of scrimmage? That's all going to come into play next week. We'll learn a lot about him and, uh, you know, going against these great press uh, corners that the Saints have and Lattimore and Adebo and even like P.J. Williams. I mean, these Bradley Roby, they, they get after you at the line of scrimmage. So he's going to get an indoctrination for the first time because none of that's happened in these OTAs and mini camps, uh, and it'll all come to play next week. I mean, you talk about Alvin Kamara. I've had more questions the last month from people that know me or kind of know me or whatever, know what I do, about Alvin Kamara. And, you know, I don't think any of us know the real answer of, I think we have a general idea of how long a suspension he's going to face. He's going to face a suspension at one point, at some point. The question is when. And I, I think the longer this goes on, and I know there's there's a court date that's supposed to come up uh, within the next week or two. Yeah, August. Okay. And, uh, but that potentially could get moved back again. I There is a chance that this doesn't get resolved before the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, you talk to some experts. I mean, I think it's more likely than not that, that he doesn't get suspended this year and then it gets pushed into 2023. But, you know, he, he's going to have to face the music at some point. But uh, if you're a fantasy football owner or, or a huge Saints fan and want Alvin Kamara around, I think more than likely any kind of discipline that would be imposed would only come after the court case is settled. That's how the league traditionally works. They like, like, like the legal process to be played out before they weigh in with discipline. And that's months away. So I, I think he's definitely, I think, most likely going to be in the lineup to start the season. Well, that makes it really interesting for fantasy owners. I mean, if you do have Alvin Kamara, how do you proceed? I guess you have to just cross your fingers and hope that it doesn't happen during the season. I think, I think we're at a point where we know at least it's not going to happen in the first half of the season, which to me, I, I, you want him for the playoffs for sure. But to me, the, the easier part, and this, and this may sound backwards to, to some people, but to me, I think this team really needs to get off to a good start. I, with the schedule that they have, it's certainly easier in the front half. And to me, you definitely want them in that front half to start as hot as you possibly can. I think they need to go 6-2 and two or so in that first half. Yeah, yeah, the schedule certainly plays that way. It's a lot tougher down and toward the middle part of the season. And, and back to Kamara real quick, I mean, We'll, we'll know a lot after August 1st, after this hearing on August 1st. So if you're an owner, you should know what direction to go in, into pretty quickly after that because I think what will happen is then there will be, you know, a, a court case uh, that will be a, a date, a court date will be named, and it probably won't be until later in the year. So you'll know, kind of know at least a timeline for when you can expect the earliest type of discipline for Camara, but I, I agree with you on this fast start. And I think it's all set up for the, for this team to get out of the gates. Uh, and, and considering how bad last season was in so many ways with the injuries and COVID and the hurricane relocation, uh, I think this team's going to be dying to get out of the field and, and put last season behind them. And last, last comment on, on Camara, when you, when they set a court date, there's an excellent chance that the, the settlement will be, will come, you got to think there's going to settlement. That this is not going to go to trial. I, I would be absolutely floored if this goes to trial if he doesn't settle out of court. Um, and right. so there's a good chance that this 
whatever the settlement they come to is going to come before that court date, but probably just before that court date. So that's when you can kind of gauge, you can kind of figure out when likely they're going to figure out. And then the NFL probably a couple of weeks, three weeks after that. Right. So the later in the year it is, the better it is for the Saints. Don, before we let you go, where'd you go on vacation? We were talking about uh, you wanted to go somewhere where it wasn't 100 degrees, did you? Well, no, I ended up ended up going down to Florida. Uh, oh Naples, man, or I spent time down in Naples, but I, I tell you, it was it was warm, but it's still cold, uh, cooler than here because you get the ocean breeze off the Gulf. Uh, so I had a great time. Kind of got my my batteries recharged for the season, so I'm ready to go now. I'm fired up. You know, one advantage you have over me is it's a lot easier to get batteries recharged when you don't have little munchkins uh, running around and grabbing on you the entire time and yelling and screaming and fighting with each other. Right. I mean, you know, so you can go get your battery. You have drinks in your hand all day. I'm jealous. I'm, I'm jealous. There was uh, some so. drinks with the, you know, little bamboo umbrellas in them. Oh, like, amber- more than one. Okay. Cherries in them and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a good break and uh, kind of set. You get your mindset for the, for the season, so it's perfect timing. All right, time to get back to reality. Uh, enjoy training camp as much as you can. I know we'll have you on <clears throat> at least once more before we start our endeavor together, uh, I believe, on September 2nd. Looking forward to it. As always, we thank you greatly and glad to have you aboard. Yeah, looking forward to it, J.D., and, uh, yeah, let's get together. Probably mid-camp or somewhere in mid-camp we'll have a much better read on where this team stands. Will do. Perfect. Jeff Duncan, thank you so much. So uh, he's going to be a partner again, Jeff Duncan. And uh, first off, I apologize. I got a little overclumped. A little overclumped there uh, early on in that interview. <laughs> Actually, you did, good thing we can edit this when we don't do it live because uh, I needed the edit button. I needed Harry Carey's cough button. Anyway. Um, so excited about that, excited about Jeff coming on uh, on Fridays because I could tell you by the numbers that more people listen when Jeff Duncan, and I'm talking about we've had some great guests. We've had Mickey Loomis, Dale Brown, David Baker. Um, you know, you go through the list of all the people that we've had, and other than Mickey Loomis and it just barely, shows get listened to when Duncan's on more than any other show. So obviously you guys have... Uh, you know, maybe you're not all listening because you love Duncan. There's no question. I mean, you guys can say whatever you want. He is the best sports columnist in the southern United States, if you ask me. Um, and one of the best in the league. And there's no one as connected to this team. than it, I mean, he is more connected to this team than, than anyone. I promise you that. That is, uh, that is the, the gosh darn truth. And uh, we thank uh, Dunk for coming on today and uh, for becoming a partner. More about that coming up later in the uh, in the when we get into the preseason. We'll talk more about it, and it's going to be a fun thing. Again, we'll, we're going to do that live, and we'll explain how you guys can be a part of the show. And I've said this before, you know, if you guys have questions for the upcoming show for the Friday, feel free to email me at jderryattheadvocate.com, and I'll be ha- happy to ask your question or read your question or answer your question. Or comment on on our show, and we do that each Friday. Uh, that is going to wrap up a fairly short show um, for a Friday. You guys got through my ordeal early on in the show. Um, I'm okay now. 
you you had your laugh or maybe you you know I know some of you people talk to me through your phone I mean I wonder how many times I've been called idiot by people just staring at their phones as long as they keep it playing it's okay you can call me whatever you want I live in a house with uh, three other females it was three females not three other females three females and me and um, I hear, I've heard it all so go ahead call me whatever, whatever you want it's fun. It's fun Friday here on Datitude. All right, well, we're going to go out with, I was trying to think, and I, and I think I, the old man in me has been coming out since we started season two. You know, this is just the second episode of season two. And last week we finished with the Candyman. You know, I like to wrap up each show with a song that kind of is the, in, encapsulates the mood, I guess. And last week was the Candyman because football season coming back was like, you were getting your candy. So I was trying to think, well, something about Welcome Back. And there's all kinds of Welcome Back songs. Looking for them. But I'm old. And so this is the first song that came into my head. And I went looking through and I'm like, nothing beats that right now. So we're going to go with it. I mean, it, it does show my age. I mean, I grew up watching Welcome Back Cotter. And look, Gabe Kaplan's a, a great poker player, by the way. I'm all into poker. Gambling. Degenerate. Yeah, okay. End the show, Derry. End the show. We'll enjoy a little bit of the music. The names, some of them have changed, but they hung around, right? We'll see you next Friday. Enjoy your weekend, and I hope your power stays on. Peace and love, my friends. Welcome back. Welcome back.